welcome to another episode of Dr. Me First. I'm your colleague in medicine and coach in life, Dr. freaking Aaron Wiseman, and I have got just such an exciting guest today. This is Dr. Sylvie Stacy. I found her on LinkedIn, started snooping around on her profile and found her website called Look for Zebras, and it blew my mind. The more I read on her website, the more I realized I needed her on my podcast and in my life so that I could refer my clients to her who were looking for non-clinical careers. This woman has updated a notch here lately and written a book, and we talk about that in the podcast today. We talk about her journey in non-clinical careers and how she is helping other physicians make the jump and see things outside the box. Okay, well, join us in this conversation and then stick around afterwards for my kick of encouragement. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Sylvie Stacy. Girl, it is so great to have you here with me today. Thank you for having me, Erin. It's wonderful to be here. I, I'm going to be honest. I Before we got on the recording, you know, I'm a little girl fanning because I've been following you. I've been reading the stuff that you've been putting out into the internet. So I am super excited that you are here talking with us today. But tell the audience all about your fabulous self and the superpowers that you bring into the world. Uh, so I am a preventive medicine physician and... Uh, since medical school, I've been very interested in various non-clinical ways that physicians can use their medical knowledge and skills. And since I completed residency, uh, I've done different types of non-clinical work, including both full-time jobs and some side gigs and, um, and some volunteering work on the side that I felt utilized my medical knowledge. And I, I've just found it so fulfilling and so enjoyable and started having friends and colleagues ask me, how do you come across these opportunities? Or how do I start a side gig? Or how do I start looking into non-clinical careers? And that prompted me to start blogging about them and other topics related to how to find satisfaction as a physician where we're very prone to burnout and there's a lot of stressors in a clinical setting. And I had a, I guess, an unrelenting desire uh, at some point in there to turn all this into a book and uh, recently came out with the book 50 Non-Clinical Careers for Physicians. So I'm excited to talk a little bit about that today and some of the other uh, writing that I do on my blog. Yes, yes. I'm so excited about this new book. I've already had clients reaching out to me to be like, do you know this Dr. Stacy?" And I'm like, hell yes, go buy her book. You need this shit in your life. So I'm so excited that you have the book out, that you are touching an infinite amount of people with your life and with your work. And that's exactly what our conversation is going to roll around today, which is non-clinical careers. So you spoke a little bit about how you've kind of always had that interest, wanted to creep outside of the like traditional box of medicine and look around on other things. But what do you think really was the catalyst for you to be like, hey, I can do lots of non-clinical stuff. 
Well, so it started for me as a first year medical student. And I don't know if every medical school does this the same way, but I was put into this longitudinal class where they introduce you to the clinical setting. And I had a preceptor. And I think that once a week I had an afternoon that I uh, had to spend with her in her clinic. Um, And it was like, I think my very first time in her clinic and she had me go in and interview the patients before we would then go in and see them together. And I realized almost immediately that I didn't love those patient conversations enough that I felt like I could make a career out of seeing patients back to back day after day in either a clinical setting or a hospital setting. It just, it didn't feel like it was ever going to be completely comfortable to me or something that I would really find that enjoyable. So I was talking with a very good friend of mine who was a roommate of mine when I was an undergrad who I've stayed in touch with. And so I spoke to her now as a first year medical student and and let her know these concerns that I had about being in a clinical setting. And I said, you know, I just, I don't like talking to patients as much as I thought I would. And her response to me was, well, Sylvie, why did you think that you would? And I have never forget, forgotten that response that she gave me because she, she knew me very well after living with me for four years. And she knew that I was very introverted and didn't really like chit-chatting with people and knew that I would have gotten frustrated if the patient wanted to talk about five different complaints instead of one complaint during a visit. And I, I thought to myself, wow, I never even considered that. I just had this childhood dream from the age of eight or nine that I wanted to be a doctor. And I was just tunnel vision. I want to be a doctor until I finally got to medical school. And it wasn't until I was actually in medical school, actually seeing patients that I stopped to think, wait a minute, is this something that I can do for the rest of my life? And so that was sort of a a wake up call, even though it was only like a few weeks into into my medical training, but it was a wake up call early on that had me realizing, okay, I, I need to really think about what I'm doing here and find paths within medicine that are going to be satisfying for me. And I felt like I had already gone too far to to turn back. I still wanted to do it. I still loved what I was learning in our science classes, like biochemistry, anatomy, physiology, and whatnot, all appeals to me. And so I started exploring some of the atypical avenues that physicians take in their careers. And that's what really got me talking to people about their careers and things like administration and, and the pharmaceutical industry and and really just uh, considering where my career might take me. Um, and what I ended up doing, my first job out of, out of residency was a, a corporate medical director with a, a company that provides healthcare services in jails and prisons. So I got to combine a whole lot of different administrative type tasks and utilization management uh, and clinical informatics, as well as part-time patient care. Uh, And I I found that to be a pretty good mix. I love it. And I think that's so good that you identified like, hey, I'm wired a little bit different, but that doesn't mean I'm wrong or broken. You know, I love when we can identify like what our superpowers really are. Because in your story, I hear myself where 
I really love talking to people. Like as much as you're an introvert, I'm that much of an extrovert. And I love hearing people's stories. I was always the one like on the volleyball team or track or whatever I was doing that was like the clapper, like encouraging people and like pushing them. And that's why I went to primary care because I was like, I'm going to motivate the shit out of people and I'm going to help them (laughs) change their life. And then I got into healthcare and I realized like that doesn't really happen. But then it made a lot of sense when I went into life coaching because that's now what I do. I'm like, I'm going to help you identify your superpowers and make just life amazing. And I think if we did that more when we were younger, it would have been maybe a different road. Yeah. And actually, one of the things that really motivates me to write about the topic of non-clinical careers and fulfillment for physicians is that there are so many doctors that aren't really fulfilled, but they just don't realize that it's okay to do something else. Um, They either feel like it's a moral or ethical obligation to see patients until they reach retirement age, or they feel like they owe it to society, or they owe it to the state that uh, subsidize their medical education. But there are really so many ways that we can help people in the grander scheme of things. Um, that's not just uh, treating patients or doing surgeries or writing prescriptions to a single patient. It's, it's m- making changes within a company or an organization or a government agency uh, that will then put a product or, or service or regulation out there that will trickle down and improve the health of of our population or a community within our population. Absolutely. Like when we open up the definition, so many more opportunities arise rather than being like, this is what a doctor is. This is always what a doctor is. And I think now more than ever is a great time to be like, oh, no, 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 no. You get to decide what that looks like on a daily basis. What do you think is up with us like being just totally encoded with this moral obligation that we have to stay with status quo or with like what the culture says being a doctor is? Uh, I think it's a combination of factors. Probably the main contributor is just the way that medical education is set up. We spend a lot of time in a clinical setting learning medicine, and there's obviously very good reasons for that. We have to, to, to be physicians, but it's, we spend so much time with other clinicians that they're There just is this general sense, whether it's spoken or unspoken, depending on the setting, there's this sense that we are training to be clinicians and to directly care for patients. And I think that archaic traditions like the the Hippocratic Oath kind of contribute to that. For for physicians who, who truly feel that we have an ethical or moral obligation to to treat patients uh, for the rest of our careers. They should. Those physicians probably should keep seeing patients. But for those who who are reluctant to to believe themselves when they when they try to convince themselves that they have that that moral or ethical obligation, they're the ones that that really need to take a step back and think think in a different way about how we can help people than than that direct patient care setting. And I think that most physicians, when they start to realize the importance of physicians in unconventional settings and in industry and in healthcare administration, then they can start to realize, oh, okay, I still am helping people. I, even if there is some sort of moral obligation, I'm fulfilling that just in a little bit of a different way. You know, I think that's exactly 
hammer hit nail on the head with that because my husband is a, a teacher by training and he had the same struggle when he was getting away to step away from education. He's an elementary school teacher, one of the few men in the, the organization in the elementary school because it's mostly women who are elementary school teachers and really felt obligated to, to stay for those students, to help with education, to he primarily worked with kids who didn't test well or who English wasn't their first language. And I think it comes to that. I think pastors, uh, people in ministry also struggle because there's like this extra layer of, of moral obligation, moral guilt, whatever you want to call it, that when we strip that back and Again, like taking off the definitions that are so tight and to so rigid to be like, you can totally live in your purpose of helping people by being a bomb ass, amazing medical utilizer reviewer or mm -hmm. in administration and taking care of other doctors or writing fabulous books and articles to educate anyone and everyone. You're still helping people. You're at, you're doing your purpose, the thing that you were put on this earth to do. And I remind a lot of times with people, it's about seasons. Like we come into seasons and then we also leave seasons as well. And so with career transitions, guess what? You're not gonna do what you started with in your 20s all the way through your 60s. Like that just doesn't happen anymore. And if it did for you and you're fulfilled all the way, that's fan-freaking-tastic. But the, for the rest of us, that's not how it works. Big shift in my life was BC before children and then AC after children. That was a huge shift in my life. I think also hitting a couple big birthdays, that also showed me like shit ain't getting repaired like it used to anymore. Like it's time to take care of this body more than abuse it. And so I think that that reminding the ebb and flow of life, it's not just like you you punch in into the computer and then it just runs forever and ever, that you get to be used in different ways. And that is perfectly okay. Definitely. Yeah. And I, I think there's there's also a lot of peer pressure from within a clinical setting. So if you're working with other clinicians in a hospital or an outpatient clinic, if you start to, to mention to them, hey, I'm thinking about non-clinical careers, well, first, they probably don't want to lose you because you're awesome. And second, they'll, they'll probably respond with, with something like, oh, so you're going to leave us or you're selling out. Um, certainly not everyone will, will add a, a negative remark like that, but physicians with that type of response and, and that perception of non-clinical careers, they're out there. And unfortunately, I think that the, the misconceptions of leaving medicine or selling out are, are very widespread and, and physicians are kind of scared of that. Absolutely. It's like that biology study where they put all the chimps in a cage and they put a bunch of bananas up high. And if they climb the tree, then it like zapped them. And, you know, so they would pull each other down. Well, then they put the new chimps in and they're like, oh, look, bananas. And the old chimps just kept pulling them down and pulling them down and pulling them down. Like I remind my clients of this all the time is like, no, 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 no. That is their expectations. That is their own mindset. You go for the fucking banana. Like, go get it. Yeah. And at the same time that there's that negative peer pressure from within a clinical setting, a clinician isn't surrounded by non-clinical physicians in other industries or, or mentors of the type of non-clinical job that they're interested in. Those people are out at the uh, pharmaceutical companies or the uh, medical communications companies. They're not, in many, many times, they're not directly 
directly involved with with clinicians who are in a hospital setting. And so you don't get their perspective and you don't hear them saying, oh yeah, there's such great opportunities out here. Come, come join us, come see what we do. And that's the response they would probably have. They just aren't there. Many physicians don't know they exist or don't know where to find them and don't know how to, to get that mentoring or that exposure. Which is a great segue into your book. Because that's exactly what you do when you lay out with your new book, 50 Non-Clinical Careers for Physicians, to say, hey, guys, these are the options. Now, you don't have to take me up on all of them, but let me tell you how bomb-ass amazing these can be for you and to see if it's a fit. So tell people a little bit more about what went into the book and where can they find it. Yeah, so uh, I had already been blogging on the topic of non-clinical careers, and and I decided that it would be helpful for some of my readers uh, to have a, a quiz that that's like a personality test where you answer a bunch of questions about like what types of work you like, what setting you like to work in, uh, whether you like to work on teams or not, those sorts of questions, and it would match them up with a non-clinical career that might be a good fit for them based on that. So in developing that quiz, I was doing just a lot of research and taking a lot of notes to, to try to, to make the quiz something that would actually be useful rather than just entertaining. And at one point I decided, you know, I could write a whole book and I might as well do it. I'm going to write a whole book about this. And so that's what, what initially motivated me to do that. And I started out at that point by looking into what else, what's available on the topic topic of non-clinical careers in terms of books or, or other resources. And it seems like there's a lot of general type information about how do you do soul searching and how do you decide what you really want in your life and, and career? How do you set goals for yourself? Uh, and there are really excellent um, physician career coaching services available. Woohoo! And I, what I saw that was lacking was a, a good, cohesive source of just down-to-earth, actionable, concrete information about what are the options and what would I be doing in each of these jobs? What would my schedule be about what compensation can I expect? Who am I going to be working with? And how am I going to use my medical knowledge? And so I focused very little in the book on how you decide your long-term career path in terms of what you want your personal and professional goals to be. And I focus more just on those specific careers and details about the positions and responsibilities that a doctor might have so that readers can try to reflect on uh, whether those match up with their own skill set and interests when it comes to being in the workplace. I love that because I feel like I do that other work and then you bring in like the roundhouse right punch to like knock it into people. And I am so excited. So I'm going to have the link to your book in the show notes. People get in there, get it. It's fabulous. I so appreciate you coming on the podcast, Dr. Stacy, and for all the work you're doing and being a shining light to be like, hey, you can do medicine however you want. And it's really freaking fun. Well, thank you so much for that. And it's so great to have the opportunity to come on and, and tell your readers a little bit about the book. And I do think that it's it can make a great balance with a coaching service like your own to, to have that uh, kind of concrete aspect of just a, a manual of, of information, basically, to try to, to guide you as to where to take your next step. 
right. You ready for this kick of encouragement? Well, it is spurred directly off of the conversation that you just heard. And I just want to remind you that you are way more than your medical degree. It's nerve wracking to put in all the years and to think about all the effort and the experiences and then decide that this is not what you want and you don't like it anymore. Believe me, I get it. But I bet you have got a talent that's hiding inside of you. There is a Lisa Frank zebra somewhere deep inside of you that needs to be found. Think about it. All that time that you spent with your nose in a textbook or making extra rounds or digging through charts, you kept making art, maybe music, pursuing a different degree, starting a business, or in my case, podcasting. It's there. So if you start today, you can discover that zebra. You can get at that talent. And I bet your medical degree will help you to elevate you to a bigger place where you can expand it more. Make it be even more meaningful and powerful than it otherwise would have been if you hadn't gone into medicine. So take some time, learn a bit about yourself, maybe check out some of my extra resources or go visit Dr. Sylvie on her extra resources, but dig, look for zebras, my friend, because you've got greatness inside of you just waiting to be unleashed. All right. Well, I appreciate you sticking around, hanging with me. One thing I do want to remind you of is I got a new course coming out with some group work with it. It's called Burnt Out to Badass. That's right. We're bringing the sass. It's actually tentatively got CME credits with it. Knock on wood, the AAFP will approve me. Anybody listening who's connected with them, tell them to push it through. But that will start August 3rd. You can listen to some of the earlier episodes to learn some more details about that. But I would love to connect with anyone who is ready to explore that a little bit more, going from your burnt outside to finding that inner badassery. All right. And like I always finish these up, remember, friends, your life, your calling, your pulse matters.